Welcome to Just Around the Corner with Dennis Mansfield, a podcast focused on inspiring and resourcing leaders. Overcoming adversity is a part of every human being's life. Now, each of us must overcome the problems that inevitably face all of us, whether we brought them on ourselves or whether they were unfairly cast upon us by a person, a, a place, or a physical slash medical disability. The question is never if we have to deal with any one of these types of inconvenient and at times devastating adversaries, but when. How, how do we stand against such difficult times? On today's episode, allow me to use one man's life to encourage you, those within your life whom you work with and who you love. He overcame a personal adversity and stands as a voice to encourage others. My guest for this episode is David Arthur Strau. Now, it's never been my habit on this podcast to introduce a guest in, well, you know, such a formal way. I mean, come on, three names. But there's a reason why. Dave, welcome to the episode. Thank you. David, listen to me. Introductions with three names are usually reserved for a well, soon-to-be presidential elect type of person. Um, maybe they're also used on television during forensic crime shows. Oh. <laughs> and since you're neither a politician nor a criminal, okay, okay. Some might say those two things overlap. <laughs> Why do you have three names, two of which you use as your last name, Dave Strau and Dave Arthur? Well, if you looked at my birth certificate, you'd see all three in a row. Explain. Arthur's my middle name. David Arthur Strauch. And professionally. And professionally, I just go by Dave Arthur. Because when you work in radio, as I have for almost 38 years now, you want a name that's memorable. And something so overly German as Strauch <laughs> would probably not be as that's memorable. That's a good German name, I though. I love it. You know? But, you know. And by the way, that's that what you're wearing today, the Lederhosen? Absolutely yeah. superb. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much. Danke schön. Is, is there beer after the show? I, you know, this is, um, the answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, in radio, you had to develop that, what, rhythmic Dave Arthur, mm -hmm. three syllables, isn't that what normally Yeah, is? I mean, there's so many different philosophies. Three syllables, something with an R in it. Um, honestly, when, when I was... I don't know, still in, in high school, just getting started, I knew that, you know, at some point I want to work at a big radio station where you have to have your stage name or whatever. And I remember uh, my pastor saying in biblical times that your last name would be your dad's name with son. Oh. Well, my dad's name is Richard, so maybe I'll be Dave Richardson. Ah. That seemed a little formal. Then I thought, yeah. Dave Richards, that would be kind of cool. But then I realized I went to high school with Someone named Dave Richards, oh. and that was and that was too weird. Wait a minute, let, let me tell you. It's like every mother's dilemma who was a teacher mm -hmm. who has a child. Mm -hmm. They can't choose a name because every name that's out there that they're thinking about for their baby exactly reminds them of a student. Exactly. So I finally landed on Arthur, which uh, is my grandfather's first name, okay. where where that came from, and it just seemed to roll. Dave Arthur, right let's, from the, right from the start. Let's go with it. Yep. Well, speaking of that. 
when was it start? How long have you been in radio? Oh, goodness. Uh, well, this coming January uh, will mark 38 years. I started in 1984. Little AM station in Boise called 790 AM KSPD. We were the Christian sound of the 80s. Is that right? Oh, now? yes. How old were you at that point? 16. 16 years old. Are you doing math? Uh, I'm 54. But, uh, you know. <laughs> Well, listen, to illustrate the point of how young you really were when you began your career, here's an example of you at age, I think, 16 or 17, as you were introducing two contemporary Christian artists. Oh, Dennis, this was my first day on the air. It was your first day? First day on the air. Well, let's listen in. This is Keith Green with You Are the One on KSPD 790 AM. It's 20 minutes after 6 o'clock here at KSPD. Currently outside, it's 47 degrees with a slight drizzle outside, kind of rainy. Right now, here's Leon Patello on KSPD with Dance Children Dance. Okay, you obviously (laughs) began... In Christian music, mm-hmm. based on the spots that uh, we've just listened to. Introducing two Christian music artists. Mm-hmm. Yet over the years, you moved into other types of music. Rock, contemporary. What else? Yeah. The country? <laughs> Do you do any country? I, I have an air check on a country station. I pulled one shift just <laughs> so I could have the recorded air check of me introducing country artists. But no, it, other other than that one Saturday afternoon, that's all I've done in country. Is that right? Yeah. Did you yeah. wear a cowboy hat? Uh, nope. No cowboy hat, no boots? Uh, nope. I do have a cowboy hat and I do have boots, but I, you know. Are you all hat, no cattle? Uh, yeah. Yeah. When when you're in the cowboy world like me, that's just an expression. Yeah, it's true. You know, yeah, it's so I, difficult I it. to sit even in these chairs with spurs on my boots. But I do. And sometimes even Michael, in producing this, he says, yeah. what's that clinging noise? Yeah, maybe if you got shorter spurs, it wouldn't hit your butt. <laughs> yeah, but it does spur me on. I'll tell <laughs> okay. you that. Hey, really, really. Uh, but then you, 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 you settled back into... Uh, moved back into mm-hmm. Christian contemporary music. Well, and it's what I always wanted to do, but back in the 80s and 90s, uh, there were so few radio stations that played uh, Christian music full-time. And so I spent I spent many a day doing Top 40. In fact, you may not know this, but the song Baby Got Back by Sir Mix-a-Lot, yeah. I was the first one to play that on the air. You are amazing. Thank you. I, if, I am still were... asking forgiveness for that. Really? <laughs> and I'm, I, I believe that by the time I get to the beam of seat and we're just having that, that chat. That conversation. Yeah, that I, I'm, I'm still praying that I'll hear, well done, good and faithful servant, maybe except for the Sir Mix-a-Lot thing. Will, will they actually play that in the background? I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that journey is quite an amazing journey. Walk us through uh, someone going into radio mm. and then moving from age 16 mm-hmm. uh, through a, a local Christian uh, station into the levels of music that you've done. Well, you've been, you've been received across the nation. You'd have, you'd have to back up even farther back to 1973 when I was seven, living in a suburb of Chicago, listening to a station called WLS. And I thought that is what I want to do. Really? They are having so much fun. And so as the years went by, got a tape recorder and I've somewhere there are tapes of me as a 10 year old or an 11 year old, you know, being disc jockey Dave. (laughs) And, uh, and, and it's just, it was my heart's desire 
you know, from, from the get-go. Um, and, and then as I really got going at KSPD, my first job, I thought, wouldn't it be cool to have an FM radio station in Boise, Idaho, where I could be the morning show guy? That's what I want to do. Well, it did take me a while to learn my craft, to go to different stations, um, play the rock, play the pop, uh, and just learn my craft and learn how to develop my voice and how to do a show well. And, uh, and it, it, it bought me around a, a few different places, some jobs I loved and some jobs I just kept saying, God, when are you going to move me out of this? Yeah. Because I am not enjoying life you're right now. Of, you're a man of deep faith, aren't you? Yes. Yeah. And, and as you went into radio, it wasn't just a job at the Christian radio station. It wasn't just a job with the contemporary music that you're playing. You saw yourself as a as a disciple of Christ, mm. cleverly disguised <laughs> as a radio personality. Yeah, I, I felt called to that a long time ago. Um, you know what I don't get? Mm. Your bio. See, <laughs> uh, see, uh, on your, on your <laughs> the website, one that's on the radio station website. Uh, let yeah. me just read this out yeah, loud. There's a okay. story behind that. Here we go. <clears throat> While his wife Shauna has smoothed many of Dave's wilder instincts. Uh, he cultivated that that he cultivated during these incredibly wild earlier years. Uh, Dave still shows from time to time that he is wild, but those moments are becoming fewer and fewer. Dave now lives a happy life with his wife. He loves his daughters, his church, his Mazda Miata. I think there's a typo here. I think it should say Saturn Sky. But no, maybe that's for I'm a wrong. lesser man, but go ahead. Um, which remains close to his heart. <laughs> However, the question remains. In this, is this the real Dave? Does he still lead a wild double life? He must still have considerable unknown resources and influences after so long. How is he influencing world politics? Is there a darker side to such a legendary uh, figure? We may never know. It merely adds to the mystery. That is Dave Arthur. Mm -hmm. It's quite a bio. Yeah. How in the world did that end up on a website? Uh, it's because I did not meet the deadline to write my own bio, and so our web guy wrote that for me. <laughs> <laughs> and it's still on, huh? It's still there. It was so epic. I thought, you know, let's let's leave it. Well, I'll tell you, whew, there's a lot of joy that comes out of you, partner. Mm. And you and I have, uh, prior, prior to coming in to record the episode today, uh, that we've known each other over 30 years. Yep. And... And one of the things that we're talking about today, uh, not just obviously the bio of where you came from, where, you know, and, and how you've worked in, in music and in radio, but in your early years. You see, before the joy, the humor, the many years in radio work, all of that, you had a problem. And that could have dealt a death blow to your dreams and adversity that could have ended your dreams, really. As a young boy, you stammered and stuttered. When we return, I'd like you to tell the story about that. A little boy of six, seven years of age with a desire to speak on the radio. Yet there was a problem. The problem was with stammering and stuttering. Dave Arthur, 
Tell us about that. <laughs> it's a little foggy, and I actually called and talked to mom on the phone the other day about it. Uh, there, there was some stuttering, but there was also a really hard time uh, using my R's. I would have not made a good pirate. <laughs> Try to get my R's. R. Um, you would have been a very sensitive soul, though. Aw. Exactly. Aww. <laughs> and, and so um, uh, even in kindergarten, one of the things that I would do when I would get home is tell my mom, Mom, I've got good news for you. And I'd have something to tell her uh, about about my day. So she was thinking it was somewhere towards the end of first grade and definitely through second grade. I still remember uh, the school I went to outside of Chicago called Benjamin Franklin Elementary. There was a room that I would go to with a, with a therapist and we would do all these different things. Again, it's foggy. I remember doing, you know, matching cards and having to say what this card says and what this card says. And then she would help me to say it correctly. And uh, I remember ambulance was a really hard word. Always came out ambulance, something like that. Um, but anything that had an R was really, really difficult. And so um, I don't know if it was once a day or a couple times a week, I'd be in class and this lovely lady would come and take me out of, out of class for an hour or so. Did, did that make you um, feel shy? I mean, I don't remember sort of if it did. On you? I don't remember if it did or not. I, re- I remember in elementary school not being the popular kid, for sure. And I don't know if it had to do with that or if I was pudgy or whatever the case may be. Um, but, you know, I was, I've always been, you know, a pretty happy-go-lucky kind of guy. And don't let other people's opinion of me rattle me too much. At that age, um, did you know you had a speech problem? I think I did, yeah. Um, especially the fact that I was going to a to a room alone with this with this other gal to work on ambulances. Yeah, Am- ambulance. Ambulances. Yeah. Ambulances. Ambulances. <laughs> yeah, and that's such a critically important age period, as you know. My bride Susan has been an elementary school teacher for many many years. She taught first, second, third, teaches fifth now, and one of the most difficult things in terms of a child's self-esteem is whether when they communicate, um, people understand what they're saying and don't make fun of them. Did you have kids make fun of you from your childhood about being unable to maybe hear you? I don't remember that. Mom did say that when I went to preschool, when my stuttering was at its height, I came home and it was gone. Really? Tell me about that. That I, I needed to find a way to communicate with with my peers, and maybe it was just seeing that they could talk without stuttering. That maybe I could talk without stuttering. I don't know how all that happened. I didn't. I didn't remember that until yeah. you know, until she told me. But yeah. Yeah. Do, do you remember as a as a, a pre K or a K kindergarten a time when you did stutter? In other words, when I don't your, remember it well, but your mother did. Oh yeah. Oh gosh. Oh sure. Yeah. She must have been just frantic. Wondering, is this? Am I going to deal with this through his entire yeah. childhood? Yeah. I mean, your mom is a wonderful lady. Your dad is a marvelous man. I have amazing parents, and props to them for, you know, saying that there was an avenue at the elementary school that I went to that had someone who would sit down with me and yeah. work with me on that each week. 
Yeah. At what point in those elementary years did you overcome the adversity of the stammering, the R's? Obviously, the stuttering was mm-hmm. by first grade, but mm-hmm. in those early years, when did you finally get to the point where you were able to start dreaming about mm-hmm. being on the radio, for goodness sake? Yeah, definitely somewhere in the second grade when things smoothed out and, and evened out. And I don't remember any issues uh, in the in the third grade. And so definitely, you know, when I was seven, eight years old, uh, it, it, the, the, the fire was lit, you know, pretty strong that that's what I would want to do. You know, I, I would spend hours listening to the radio. We moved here to Boise and I found radio stations here to listen to and record on my tape recorder. Would you imitate them yes. as they were talking? Oh, Yes. Really? Yeah. And <laughs> Dad, Dad had this little gizmo that would suction cup to the phone if you wanted to record a phone call back in the day. Oh, yeah. And so I found that and realized that I could put that on the phone and I could call the weather service and I'm putting together my own radio show at the age of 10, having the weather service be a part of my show that I'm recording off the phone into my tape recorder. Dave, do you fully understand I know this has been your life and this is what you did, but mm-hmm. do you fully understand that that is not a normal thing? Oh, I've never been, I have ninth, never been accused of being nine-year-old, yeah. ten-year-old, <laughs> especially someone yeah. where the adversity of language problem was there. What, what motivated you from your mom and dad's perspective to keep pushing on? I, I think it was just the passion that I had and the encouragement of my parents. Tell us about that. Um, when my dad really saw my interest in radio, he got connected with a couple of guys at this radio station, KSPD, where I first started, and actually helped invest in bringing some concerts to Boise. And so he got to know Kevin and Jerry really well and asked if it'd be okay, Jerry, if Dave came down and you know, watched you on Saturday afternoons. And he said, sure. I didn't have a driver's license. I drove my bike a long way. Rode my bike, headphones on. How how old were you at this point? Uh, Goodness, 14, 14, 15, somewhere right in there, yeah. And uh, so I'd go hang out with him at the radio station and uh, and just kind of watch what he did. And then Jerry eventually left and this other guy, Jeff came in and uh, by now I'm driving mm-hmm. and I'm coming in on Saturdays and he's showing me how to do everything. Here's how you queue up a record. Yes. We used vinyl back then. <laughs> here's how you queue up a record and here's how you play this. Here's how you thread a reel to reel machine. And it got to the point where, you, <laughs> where Jeff would say, okay, here's the next two songs. I'm going to run down to Burger King. Do you want anything? Left Holy me in control God. of the radio station as I'm a, a 14, 15, 16. I was 16 at this point, yeah. yeah. And uh, and so it wasn't long after that that one of their weekend guys had quit and they were lo- needing someone to work Sunday mornings. And Jeff said, um, Dave knows how to do everything. He can turn the transmitter on and off. He can cue everything up. He can play everything. He knows what he's doing. While, while this was being said about you, your knees had to be knocking. I mean, I'm, I got to come in here and do all this? I was really excited. Yeah, I, but I remember the first time I cracked the mic open and had to go on the air for the first time uh-huh. and had my boss sitting in the room with me just to make sure everything went well. A little nerve-wracking. I think probably some of those memories of being a kid, you know, like, will I be able to 
uh, you know, enunciate everything sure. correctly because there was a lot to say. You know, did you ever find in those uh, mid teenage years that any of your speech problems would occasionally pop up? Did you ever have that? No, no. You, I think they were they were behind me. At they that were point. behind you. Yeah, yeah. That must have given you such courage just mm-hmm. to keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. So, so in that you had to have had mentors. You mentioned Kevin and Jerry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in the professional field of radio, who did you start following for non Christian, um, mm. you know, contemporary music? Uh, I think my my next job, uh, which was in Boise at a station called Kiss FM, there's this guy, Tom Evans, who said, hey, I'll take this 19-year-old kid to do this top 40 station. And that was like the station that everyone listened to. And I'm like, okay, I'm working overnights on the weekend. I've made it. I've made it. I've made it at 19. And I was the youngest kid to work there. That's amazing. It was great. And uh, and working with guys that I would listen to in high school, I'm listening to to the Emperor Larry Lomax and Gary McCabe doing the morning show, and uh, and just gleaning wisdom from them. I'm like, oh, I really want to do this. What what can you tell me? What and a dream come true for it you! It really was that that little six year old, seven year old inside of you was saying, "I'm doing this." Oh yeah, not he, just I can do it. That seven-year-old was but freaking out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in a good way. Yeah, in a very good way. Yeah. Seven ninety AM KSPD ninety two Kiss FM KIYS Boise KF ninety five Magic ninety three point one Light one hundred eight Mix one hundred six. Um, that's just a few, Dennis. And the beat goes on. And the beat goes on. Dave Arthur, what an amazing litany of stations you worked all over, everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, currently, you have. Uh, both in the Treasure Valley of the Boise area, mm-hmm. as well as where else? Uh, there's a thing these days called voice tracking. So I also do a morning show with my lovely wife, Shauna, in Spokane, Washington, every Monday through Friday morning. Uh, another network that's out of Walla Walla, Washington, called Positive Life Radio, and weekend mornings at a station in Rapid City, South Dakota. And you're everywhere. It's pretty fun. And so I just record those shows the day before, and then into the computer it goes, and it sounds like I'm there. Dave, I want you to speak to the person who's not yet there. Okay, to that young man, that young woman, that middle-aged man, that middle-aged woman who is, um, they're hearing this episode, and they're hearing what you overcame at a young age. Uh, They're still trying to figure out how to overcome it. Maybe they want to write. Maybe they want to do a podcast. Maybe they want to do music somewhere. Speak to them about uh, encouragement and what, if you were across the table from them, what you would tell them about their dreams. Don't give up and find the people in your life who will encourage you. Um, you know, I, I talked about my parents being such an encouragement. I would, always thought in my life that once you're done with high school, you need to go to college. But I was well down the road of my career, and there was no pressure. There was nothing that came from my parents that gave me any kind of shame for the fact that I actually never went to college. Mm-hmm. And and I have just been, you know, running down the road with my career, loving it. And and Dad saying, now, well, yep, you know, 
didn't it, it didn't need to be. Yeah. And so I I never I never, you know, was made to feel bad about that. But as I went through my career, I as well, I should say as I started my career, I would ask anyone that would answer my questions, how can I get better? Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember one guy, his name's Jim Tuck, and he said, because uh, at the radio station I worked at, there were times that there were half-hour programs that would be playing and I would have nothing to do. He would say, take that time, make good use of it, put in a reel of tape and record yourself reading the stories in the newspaper. Really? Yep. And he would say, make sure that you enunciate well, go back and listen to it, see how you did and see how you can be better. Other guys that would just give me good advice of never to burn a bridge or Mm. um, when producing a commercial, if you did it this way, if you did this vocal effect, it will have more impact. Uh, all these all these different things, you just keep asking questions. And the people that will take the time to stop what they're doing and answer and invest in you are the kind of people that you want to surround yourself with. And so I found myself doing that a lot. And still to this day, every other week, I have a talent coach mm-hmm. I meet with. He is in the Texas Radio Hall of Fame. Is he really? And he takes time to meet with me and my co-host every other week, listens to our show, helps us to get better every single time we meet with them. You are a lifetime learner. You've always been a lifetime learner. To that person out there who's reading, learning, but not yet doing, not yet moving towards whatever their goal is, Mm -hmm. a little Nike philosophy here. Do it anyway. Yeah. I hired a guy one time. This is when we lived in Washington. I was needing someone to do my evening show. And so... People would send in their cassettes of their shows and things they did. And there's this guy named Bruce and he sent in this tape and it was this whole radio air check. And I thought, well, you know, I I hear something in Bruce. He's, he's young. He's young in, in the, in the world of radio. And I I wonder if he'd move from Connecticut all the way to Washington. (laughs) He was crazy enough to do it. Really? And so he comes and we're training him on the board and something kind of clicked in me that he didn't, I didn't feel like he had all that much experience of running the control board in the studio. Right. Come to find out the air check he sent me was just something he mocked up, a fake radio station, everything. But he had confidence in himself to make up something and send it to a a guy like me for me to hear, huh, I think he's got something. And he's still working in radio today. That was in 1997. That's amazing. Yeah. Dave, um, to that to that uh, uh, older uh, person mm-hmm. that has played music, that has enjoyed the piano, that has done what they've done, uh, but they'd like to do more. Mm-hmm. How do you encourage them at that stage of their life, mm-hmm. or guitar or drums yep. or whatever, to keep pursuing it? even if it's to a local level, knowing that, you know, this is a, a culture absorbed with youth mm-hmm. and that a 58-year-old housewife may not make it, whatever making it means, mm-hmm. but because he, she, they want to enjoy what they do enjoy yeah. in a public way. You know, when you get into your, your 50s, it may be a little bit harder. I mean, you have to recognize that, but uh, I am often approached by people or bands that, want to make it, yeah. you know, young, young folks, folks and, and, and older people as well. And uh, my, my advice is always the same. 
play for anyone who will listen to you. Mm-hmm. Kind of like kind of like me asking the questions. Find the people who will let you ask the questions and give you answers and invest in you. Play for the people who will listen to you and encourage you and be honest with you. So you mentioned earlier that you were a man of faith. How has that faith in God played a major role in what you do in radio? Patience. Explain that. Um, there, you know, times that I was at a job when I knew that God knew the desire of my heart and I was not in it. I was not doing it. I was still doing radio and I loved doing that. But at the end of the day, either the company I worked for or the music that I was playing um, or, you know, where I was geographically, it, it wasn't what took me back to uh, the early 80s when I thought, man, it would be cool if we had an FM radio station in Boise, Idaho, and I could do the morning show. And so there were times I would, you know, yell at God like, I'm not happy. Mm-hmm. But give me patience. I'll, you- I'll hang out. Um, and, and there were times that, that God would show me <laughs> that I was where I was for a reason. One night when the, I was supposed to be off the air at seven and the guy that was supposed to come in at seven was late and some young teenage girl called the request line at a crossroads in her life mm. and had he answered the phone, she would have gotten a much different answer than the one I was able to give her. And I drove home that night going, okay, I get it, God. Well, I get a it. purpose why you were there that night. I get it. I'll be patient. Well, I got to ask, when you're not listening to Christian music, what do you listen to? <laughs> What's my guilty pleasure? Yes. <laughs> I, I really do love the 70s. Love the 70s and 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 some You know, of the I noticed 80s. you came in with that disco outfit on. Yeah, I know. And well, the 6-inch heels. Uh-huh. They're a little out of style, but oh, I still goodness. dig them. This is why it's a podcast and not a video cast. <laughs> <laughs> it's the theater of the mind. Exactly. The 70s. Any particular band that pops up? Oh, goodness. Lots of them. Uh, in fact, I was just watching a special on ABBA the other day. Like, oh, man, because they just came out with a new album. Did you yeah, know that? Did. I, yeah, they did. I saw that. And uh, amazing how they still sound the same. Um, but, you know, that and the the Bee Gees, you know, there's a, a lot of, I lo- loved Boston, you know, growing up. Uh, you like Frampton? We share that love of Frampton. Yes, we do. We get, yeah. can't let let this time be on the podcast without saying thank, thank you. you, thank you. <laughs> so now, you know, as as we come in for landing, you have grown to know a lot of Christian contemporary music mm-hmm. uh, performers. Yeah, who who do you consider your friends? And I, I'm not asking a name drop, but. <laughs> But name drop. Uh, who, who, who do you consider your friends? Who who were your friends but are no longer in Christian music? Uh, and how do you deal with that transition of when they were hot and then when they, you know, retired? Well, answer that part first. They're still yeah. a friend. Yeah. They, they may not be at the height of popularity, but they're still being used. They're still doing other things. They may be playing on other people's albums and still being useful. They just have kind of transitioned, 
you know, what they were doing when they were at the top of the charts, mm-hmm. going to number one of the bullet, um, to what they what they may be doing now. I'm I'm honored to call people like Ryan Stevenson, a, a, a dear friend of mine. He actually used to live here in Boise. We lived a couple of miles apart mm-hmm. from each other, and he's done really, really well. He's living in the Nashville area now, and uh, I love it when I get a text and he says, can I send you a song to listen to? Uh-huh. Like, yes, something new. Um, so that's fun. I was just in Nashville a, a, a few weeks ago and uh, saw a number of artists who I've gotten to know over the years. And I remember walking into this uh, uh, mercantile where we were all having breakfast and record company was having a few artists perform for us. And one of them was Micah Tyler. He's just a down-to-earth nice guy. We walked in and he was on the other end of the room and we both caught each other's eyes. We both kind of lit up and just went for each other, gave a, Aww. you know, big hugs and man, how you doing? And, and just, you know, talked about life and how he's doing and how, how we're doing and um, or to bump into Mac Powell, who's the lead singer of third day and just, you know, talk with him. And it's just, it it go it goes so far beyond radio and and records and labels and you know how many spins can you give my song this week? I mean those are never those are never the conversations because we're just we're just friends we're brothers. Uh, Natalie Grant, uh, uh, just an amazing artist with an amazing voice, and anytime we get to see her, it's just catching up and her showing off her daughters and me showing off my daughters Mm and hey let's get a quick picture they're getting so big um those kind of moments are are really sweet and you know it's not looking at her as oh my goodness this amazing artist her and her husband bernie are just mind-blowingly awesome um but they're friends and and that's that's what i like the most well friend let's uh let's take you back to the start of this episode I play the spot of you as a 16, 17-year-old about the artist Keith Green. Yes. The late great. How did he impact your faith? How did he he impact your love of music? Mm -hmm. And um, how did he impact your career as a music, as a radio personality? I remember before I was in radio, dad came home with a Keith Green record. It was called "So You Want to Go Back to Egypt," mm. and uh, we just listened to the the songs on that. And the next thing you know, we're buying another, and we're buying another one. And uh, you know, I've got the whole four CD collection at home with all of his all of his hits on it. And you know, for him, his ministry was just the gospel, yeah. just plain and simple. You know that you know God's it. God's number one. God's who you need. Without God, you're nothing. And uh, he did not mince words. In fact, he he kind of ticked some people off, yes, he did. Uh, especially in the in the in the Christian world. And uh, you know, a life taken too soon when 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 he passed away in a plane crash. And it's it seems like after he passed away, I wasn't even in radio yet, but it seemed like after his death, his music became even more powerful. This legacy, this this collection of songs that he that he left behind to be able to to bring those to people, you know, on the air, you know, back in its day was amazing. And to buy the music myself and listen to it, it encouraged me in my faith. You know, that God's it, God's all you need. What a mind blowing show. Dave, any final thoughts for the listener out there? <laughs> Oh, I'd say, I think just like we were saying before, to never give up on your dream. 
Um, if there's something that you want to do, whether it's in music or in radio or being a CPA, I'm not sure why you'd want to do that. But some people, <laughs> some people aspire to many different things, many great sure. things. Uh, but to not to not give up and to look for the people who you can surround yourself with. Dennis, you have been one of those people in my world who has been such an encouragement to me over the years, showing me parts about myself like, oh, I never really thought about that, but I guess you're right. I guess I am kind of that way. I I should embrace that mm-hmm. that more. Find those people who make you better and stay with those people. Don't Don't lose them from your life because you'll be better at the end of the day for it. Well said. Uh, I'd be remiss in my duty uh, here on the show if I didn't explain that <clears throat> there are only three groups of people that call me Denny. Okay? <laughs> my seven brothers and sisters, uh-huh. you know, Irish Catholic family, Kathy, Gary, Denny, Jen, you know, yeah. uh-huh. Right? Uh-huh. the 900-plus Classmates of mine from West Point mm. didn't know. Didn't matter what you were, uh-huh. there was always a Y at the end of your name. I was Denny. I am Denny, and you, Davy. And I am always honored because of the decades of friendship, love, uh, care. You were there at some of the biggest high points of my life, and you were there at some of the broken times of my life, the loss of my son, uh, things that I've talked about on on the podcast. And so from uh, Denny to Davey, thanks so much for being with us today, buddy. Love you, brother. Love you, too. I'm Dennis Mansfield, your host for Just Around the Corner. Thanks to Colin Mansfield and Michael Seals for production work on today's episode, and to Kevin Miller in the morning for his inspiration. Thank you for joining us on this episode, Just Around the Corner with Dennis Mansfield. Take time to enjoy what's just up ahead of yourself, because as John Hay one of the world's most famous men of the late 19th and early 20th centuries, once wrote to a friend, all the best gifts are just around the corner.